Good morning, everyone. Welcome. I see everybody starting to come in. It's so good to see you all here this morning. It's amazing. It feels like we open the doors and there's this flood of people that come in. We're already up to 33, 36, 37 participants. It's so fun to watch you all come in. I do miss standing at the door at Wes and welcoming you personally, but it's nice to be able to see you all come in this way too. As you all come in and get settled, I invite you to say hello in the chat. I already see Indara and Trang saying hello. Good morning, Jeff. Donna, good morning, Kate. Hi, Julie. Hi, Wayne. Eileen, it's good to see you and Shirley. Hunter and Mirka are here. Joe, hi Joe, good morning. The Mason family, hi everybody. We'll take another moment or two, everybody maybe grab a candle that you can light your candle with us at home, grab your tea or your coffee. ready to sit with us. Join us for the morning. My family is here this morning too. That's exciting. Good morning, Justine. Give everybody just another minute. If you're just joining us, I invite you to get a candle so you can light your candle at home in just a little while. Good morning to Hannah and Brennan. Good morning, everyone. Beautiful. I invite you all to settle into your seats. Maybe take a deep breath and get ready for this time that we're going to spend together. Our opening words this morning come from the poet Joy Harjo. The title is, Perhaps the World Ends Here. 
The world begins at a kitchen table. No matter what, we must eat to live. The gifts of earth are brought and prepared, set on the table. So it has been since creation, and it will go on. We chase chickens or dogs away from it. Babies teethe at the corners. They scrape their knees under it. It is here that children are given instructions on what it means to be human. At this table, we gossip, recall enemies and the ghosts of lovers. Our dreams drink coffee with us as they put their arms around our children. They laugh with us at our poor falling down selves and as we put ourselves back together once again at the table. This house has been a table in the rain an umbrella in the sun. Wars have begun and ended at this table. It is a place to hide in the shadow of terror, a place to celebrate the terrible victory. We have given birth on this table and have prepared our parents for burial here. At this table, we sing with joy, with sorrow, we pray of suffering and remorse. We give thanks. Perhaps the world will end at the kitchen table while we are laughing and crying, eating of the last sweet bite. They say distance is relative and relative to relatives. I have, I'd say I'm relatively close. To breaking down because right now I feel so alone. I've been missing the elements and wishing the elephant in the room would leave and kindly close the door. And I can't ignore him like before, not anymore. Oh, I miss you most at six feet apart. When you're right outside my window, but can't ride inside my car And it hurts to know just how lovely you are And be too far away to hold, but close enough to break my heart I miss your smile, it feels like miles Six feet apart, so far So far, but so close, like star Out in the cosmos, can't touch the beauty I see, that's how it feels at six feet. Space and time are interwoven, or at least that's what we're told. When I was young, I was suspicious, but it's true. Time sticks like glue. I feel so blue here missing you. build a time machine and go back to a time when we didn't need to measure six feet on the ground when i came around that's not allowed can't go back now oh i miss you most at six feet apart when you're right outside my window but can't ride inside my car and it hurts to know just how lovely you are and be too far away to hold but close enough to break my heart i miss your smile it feels
is like miles Six feet apart So far So far but so close Like a star Out in the cosmos Can't touch The beauty I see That's how It all feels to me So far So far but so close Like a star out in the cosmos can't touch the beauty i see that's how it feels at six feet Good morning and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. My name is Karen Schofield Leka and my pronouns are per and pers, shorthand for person. And I'm so glad you are joining us this morning. And a special thanks to Jordan for that wonderful opening music. We're seeing in the chat how many people are really been moved by it. And it really highlights how significant six feet has become these days, such a small distance yet in many ways insurmountable which is so appropriate for the start of our theme for May, which is thresholds. I'm feeling so grateful for the ways technology is allowing us to reach across that threshold so we can be together in new ways. And later we'll share some more ways we can continue to be together over the coming week. I invite you to say hello in the comments as you've been already doing as you arrive this morning. And just note that you have a choice to send your note just to the panelists or to everyone. So if you'd like all of those gathered to see your comments, make sure you've selected that option. And we hope you'll join us after the platform service. We have Zoom meetings for some other pur special purposes this week, but we'll be able to see each other's faces and talk together then. And you'll be invited to share in the chat throughout our time together this morning. But right now, I encourage you to take a breath and then another one. And I hope you've got your coffee or tea there at home and you're nice and comfortable on your couch. And you're ready to be fully present this morning. And now is the time to get your candle ready. Each week we spotlight a West group or team that relates to our monthly theme. And today as we begin our May theme of thresholds, I've invited Julie Grimes of the teen group volunteers to read our statement of purpose. Of course, the teen years are a time when we cross many thresholds in the path from childhood to adulthood. And the teen group volunteers assist our West teens by providing support and engaging them in trips, conferences, and regular programming. And you can always contact Julie Grimes for more information. I invite you now to listen to our statement of purpose. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. 
Thank you so much, Julie. Karen, can you help us in the lighting our candles? Yes, absolutely. I invite you now to join me at home in reading the candle lighting words while you light your individual candle. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Each week, we ring a chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I'm particularly mindful of all who are faced with the dilemma of reopening, trying to balance eagerness to re-engage the world with the need to ensure safety until COVID-19 subsides. And especially for all those who don't have the luxury of choosing to stay at home, but who must of necessity be in the midst of the pandemic. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I invite you now into a time of meditation. First, shake out your limbs and then settle your body. Take a deep breath and release it. Close your eyes or soften your gaze. As you listen to my voice, keep breathing deeply and regularly. Especially these days, things can seem intense. If you're feeling stressed, you must be thinking something is really important. Maybe it's your job on the line or your life or the life of a loved one. But to put it all into perspective, let's connect some dots. Imagine that you are looking at yourself from above, from the vantage point of a butterfly floating a few feet above your head you are a dispassionate observer. If you feel anything, it is curiosity. Now zoom out and see the whole city as if looking down from the window of an airplane. You can still see the individual you, but you're hardly a speck in the sea of other humans. Now zoom out even further and you can see the whole country. Looking down from this high vantage point, you can see the city, but it is little more than a dot on the landscape of your vision. And the little individual you is but a dot inside of that city. Continue to zoom out. You see the whole earth now from outer space, and you see that the country is but a fraction of this globe, inside of which your city is a dot, inside of which yourself is but a dot. So keep zooming 
to our solar system, just a dot amongst thousands of other solar systems in our galaxy, which is less than a dot amongst the some 200 billion galaxies in our universe. And still, you are a dot within it all. That thing you were stressed about, what does it look like from this vantage point? I do not mean to minimize the reality of your suffering, but from this expanded vantage point, can you choose what to do without fear? Can you let the vastness of existence inform your actions? And now, instead of zooming back into your life, see if you can keep this cosmic view with you even as you look from your own two eyes. Thank you so much, Karen, for that beautiful meditation. I'm so grateful for all the people that have helped to make today's platform happen, trying to pull all of this together and having Sonia willing to help with tech and Karen willing to jump in and Julie to read the statement of purpose and all the beautiful musicians. It's just been such a, a wonderful experience. It feels so connecting even as we're not physically together. Way back in August, I attended the in-gathering service for my seminary, Meadville Lombard Theological School. In-gathering is the time at the beginning of the school year when all the students and faculty gather to be together and to prepare for the work ahead. 
At our in-gathering service, we were informed that over the course of the year, we would be tackling the theme of embracing the apocalypse. The president of my school, Dr. Elias Ortega, gave a sermon entitled, Ministry at the End of the World, or What Future is This? A rousing sermon designed to serve as a call to action, Dr. Ortega said, it is very likely that in the future, our world will be no more. There seems to be very little within our power to prevent this reality, the apocalyptic end of our world. Our efforts may be too few and come at too late a time for survival. What future could this be, but no future at all? As I practiced reading this platform, I imagined all of you promptly clicking end call at the end of that quote. If you're still here, hang with me for just a little while. I promise it's going to get better. Dr. Ortega went on, of course, to talk about facing the end of the world with compassion, hope, courage, and faithfulness. Your task, he said at the end, is to ready yourself for clergy leadership at the end of the world. So that was my welcome into my second year of seminary. Not totally sure it's what I signed up for, but here we are, I guess. To say that I came back from ingathering irritated is a bit of an understatement. This topic of apocalypse and the idea that my job, my calling, will be to assist in shepherding the world through some sort of catastrophic time, or worse, hospicing the world through to its ending, it felt like sandpaper rubbing against the new tender skin of my burgeoning clergy leadership. By January, we were still talking about the apocalypse. One assignment clarified, when we speak of apocalypse, we are referring to the state of our nations and world that is engaged in a cacophony of struggles surrounding the breakdown of major systems of culture and ideology. Our hope is that this apocalypse, breaking down of predictable systems of thought and behavior can reveal something new. Apocalypse means uncovering or revelation and is distinct from Armageddon or the final cataclysmic battle with a decidedly, decidedly more biblical association. Although colloquially, we use apocalypse and Armageddon to refer to the same idea of the end of the world. If we use that definition above, I'm ready for any way we can break down harmful existing structures and systems. Let's break down white supremacy culture and capitalism and patriarchy and homophobia and transphobia. I am ready for the sun to set on those aspects of our society while human existence remains very much intact. And of course, this whole discussion of the apocalypse began for me before the global pandemic started. Now, discussion of the apocalypse is currently everywhere. My social media is full of people talking about what their apocalypse outfit looks like. 
it turns out we're all looking much more sweatpants and pajamas and much less Walking Dead or Hunger Games. I saw a meme stating, REM indicated I would feel better at this particular juncture in world history. Of course, they were calling out REM's 1987 song, It's the End of the World as We Know It, and I Feel Fine. There's a certain truth that rings in that one for sure. Fine, particularly, seems a bit relative some days, and more seriously, one need only turn on the news to feel as though the apocalypse is surely nigh. I find, though, that I keep singing a song by the artist Milk, M-I-L-C-K, Milk. She sings, this is not the end. This is not the end. Trouble will come and trouble will go. But this is not the end. And really, that's more in line with what I believe. I do not believe we are living into an apocalypse. I do not believe that my clergy leadership is one that will shepherd us into the beginning of the end or the end of the end for that matter. And I actually don't believe we are living in an uncovering of answers. No offense to Dr. Ortega or my seminary, of course, but the thing that gives me space and breathing room, the thing that stops that rubbing of the sandpaper is this. Change is hard. Being human is hard. Not knowing is hard. And all we have ever done throughout all of human history is lived and created and loved through it anyway. In my work as a psychologist, I have worked with several children experiencing anxiety about the end of the world. I think most of us experience this sort of anxiety at some point or another and it's common at various stages of development. In the course of working with these children, I have become familiar with the Wikipedia article entitled, List of Dates Predicted for Apocalyptic Events. It's been a few years since I printed it out. I've resorted to showing it electronically to save trees, but I seem to remember cutting off the printer at 14 pages, figuring I had enough evidence to make my point to the skeptical nine-year-old. I've done this really boring exercise with the kids where we start with the first prediction. I say, Simon Bar-Giora stated that the world would end in the year 66. Did the world end in the year 66? Well, no, they say, but wait, I tell them, we have more to go through. Martin of Tours predicted the world would end before the year 400. Did the year end before 400? No, but we have never made it through the whole list. The list ends with current predictions, future predictions, and far future predictions. There's one for this year. American psychic and astrologer Jean Dixon predicted the world would end in 2020. 
so far so good, I guess. And for the record, she also predicted the world would end in 1968. I wonder what led to each of those predictions. I assume the answer is slightly different for each, but I imagine there is a common thread of humans trying to live through a period of change in which they did not know how to imagine a way forward. A time of threshold in which the future seemed so vast or dark or uncertain, it was easier to believe the apocalypse had arrived. A time of threshold in which the future seemed so vast or dark or uncertain, it was easier to believe the apocalypse had arrived. Yet each of those times, starting in the year 66, each time humans learned it was not actually the end. They learned that there was a way out of the darkness and through the mess of confusion. They learned that chaos and confusion and even death and destruction does not mean the end of the world. Rather, it's an opening, a threshold where we cross into a different kind of after. I imagine some of those times must have felt a lot like this. And yet, here we are, surviving another apocalypse. I wonder what artwork, what music, what revolution came out of those times. I wonder what science, what medicine, what truth came out of living through the change and struggle and into what could not be seen. All we know for certain is that we are living in the after of many, many apocalypses. Author John Green has a podcast called The Anthropocene Reviewed, in which he reviews various aspects of modern human existence on a five-point scale. He has reviewed hot dog eating contests, which got three stars, chemotherapy, which got four and a half stars, and our capacity for wonder, which got four stars. Recently, he released an episode in which he reviewed humanity's temporal range, or the amount of time we have been and will be a species. For modern humans, this is about 250,000 years to date, which makes us younger than polar bears, coyotes, blue whales, and camels. For scale, contemporary elephants are 10 times older than us, and alpacas have been around for 10 million years, roughly 40 times longer than modern humans. Green is clear that in our current era, talks of the apocalypse are different because of the climate crisis. For many forms of life, he says, humanity is the apocalypse. The thing is, though, is that even if this is the end of humanity, it is probably not the end of the world. He shrinks the history of the Earth to a period of 24 hours and says, if Earth was formed at midnight, the first eukaryotic cell does not appear until 1 p.m. 
multicellular life doesn't come about until 6 p.m. Dinosaurs go extinct at 11.41 p.m. And then a few seconds before 11.59 at night, humans show up. In the history of the Earth, we are but a blip. A short and sometimes destructive blip, but also ultimately a beautiful and interesting one. When we think on this larger scale, it is clear that life will go on even if we don't. We have seen the ways the Earth is able to rapidly recover from us and move towards her own sense of balance and health as people around the world stay home more than ever before. An article in The Atlantic last month reported a study that stated that pandemic-related reduction in particulate matter in the atmosphere likely saved the lives of 4,000 young children and 73,000 elderly adults in China over two months this year. This is perhaps the biggest indicator for me that we are not living into an apocalypse. Nature works when we let her, even after all this time. The truth is, that we are already living into a future we never imagined possible. Seven weeks ago, none of us had ever imagined a time like this, but here we are, living into a future we cannot clearly see. Here we are, living one another into that future in the ways we create as we need them. Zoom platform services, FaceTime graduations and drive-by birthday parties. We are all co-creators of this new world we find ourselves in, although we cannot see clearly where we are headed. For me, nothing could be further from the apocalypse. Green reminds his listeners, we're the only part of the known universe that knows it's in a universe. We know we are circling a star that will one day engulf us and we're the only species that knows it has a temporal range. How could that not be hard for us? How could our thoughts not stray towards apocalypse? When our world shifts, when we reach that threshold, when we do not know what will happen next, how could we not believe it to be an ending? When we are alone in knowing of our vastness and our frailty, our loves and losses, and something happens that defies our sense of order and control and logic, how could we not believe it to be an ending? I don't believe we are living in an apocalypse. I do not believe the end is coming any more than it has always been coming. And I don't believe we are living into a time of uncovering. I believe we are creating, co-creating, this moment of after. Our history is made up of failed apocalypses, and my guess is that each one felt like it would be the real one. But here we are however impossibly and improbably, 
here we are. Our days on earth may be numbered, but they always were. We are living in and living into uncertain times, just like all the humans before us. Science and technology gives us more information than we have ever had, and we still cannot know what we don't know. We are more aware than we have been of our potential and our limitations, and change is still frightening. This is part of the human condition, I think, and it will not be, your, it will not be our demise. To live with the knowledge that we have an expiration date, personally and as a species, is human. To live believing that time is now undermines the vast creativity and potential that are also part of our human condition. Change, Octavia Butler said, is the one unavoidable, irresistible, ongoing reality of the universe. We don't know what will happen. Humans will move through this threshold just as we have moved through every other threshold in human history, together as we co-create a new reality. So with a nod to John Green, I give our gorgeous and uncertain existence of hope and creation five stars.
Thank you so much, Laura, for your great platform. I see it's getting many five-star reviews in the chat. Um, and Mirka and Hunter, great music. Uh, folks are loving that as well. Uh, this is certainly the time where we add our own reflections to the morning, sharing our additional thoughts on the platform and what resonates in our own lives. You know, it's popularly accepted now that we won't be going back to normal. So what would you like to see in the new normal? I invite you to consider how your actions in the days and weeks ahead will fit within and connect to the web of society. I encourage you to take a moment and share your thoughts with one another in the Zoom chat or Facebook comments. Remember, if you want everybody to see it, to choose all panelists and attendees as your option. And we'll just say, I know we've seen a number of book recommendations, some great comic book uh, wisdom, and I think people are really resonating with the hopefulness that this reframing is bringing to us. Um, you know, the challenges of the, the here and now in the context of millennia, also very important. Um, and you know, it's interesting to see how our own individual actions are both small and significant at one and the same time. Yep, emojis for the chat. Yep, I think there's a lot of feelings that we're having these days and around this, particularly this uh, topic, I think, as well. Yep, a chance to change habits. This is really giving everybody, I think, a chance to uh, reflect on what's going on in our lives and what we'd like to see in that with our time. Reminder, if you're a visitor, to... Uh, Join, join with us by filling the connect card so that we can keep you up to date on things that are coming up. Call for more attention to science and reason. Yep, great. We'll keep sharing. And just as you keep sh as sharing perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at West, we give half of all donated cash to a program whose values resonate with our own ethical culture principles. This month, we are sharing the plate with Washington Interface, Interfaith Network, or WIN. WIN seeks to create long-term power, a broad and united front of organized institutions, organized people, and organized money, acting consistently and persistently for change on multiple issues at the local and citywide levels. So they're really connecting a lot of dots for us. WIN engages leaders across the divides of race, culture, income, faith, neighborhood to initiate public action on issues such as affordable housing, public safety, youth development, and to partner with and hold the government and corporate sectors accountable for addressing these issues. And Wes is a member of WIN. There are several ways to give this morning. You're welcome to go to our website at www.ethicalsociety.org and on the top right side of the screen is a link that says give. Or you can also give by text, by texting the number amount you would like to give to the number you see on the screen. And we'll now receive your gifts and musicians' gifts of music. In these hard times, there will always be singing 
always be singing in these hard times in these hard times there will always be singing always be singing in these hard times in these hard times there will always be singing always be singing in these hard times in these hard times there will always be singing always be singing in these hard times in these hard times there will always be singing always be singing in these hard times in these hard times there will always be singing always be singing in these hard times in these hard times there will always be singing always be singing in these hard times in these hard times there will always be singing always be singing in these hard times Wow, that was really lovely and good to know that there is beauty even amidst our hard times. I want to say thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. I'm particularly grateful for our musicians. As I think someone noted in the chat, this is like the Wes variety show in some ways, and we're getting to see so many facets of talents um, amongst our community. And also want to say thanks to Robin for all of her tech assistance over the week that helps us keep connected and especially to Sonia for providing our platform tech support so that we can be with you and connected together today. If you are new to our community, we encourage you to reach out to Maceo Thomas, our membership coordinator, and his email will be displayed shortly at the end of the service. And today, specifically at the conclusion of the platform program, you're invited to switch over to a Q&A session where you can meet others new to Wes and get answers for your question. You'll see a link to the Zoom room for that conversation. Wes members, remember that this morning we are not having our regular coffee hour, but instead our special membership meeting, which will begin at the conclusion of platform, which is about 1030. You uh, should have received the Zoom link and materials via email during the week. And the meeting will last just 30 minutes, so please plan to join in promptly. We've set up a number of ways to connect through Zoom this week, including a kid Zoom at 4 p.m. on Wednesday and an adult Zoom on Wednesday and Friday at 5.30. So please check our calendar or our weekly email for the links. Everyone is welcome, whether you are formally a member of our congregation or not. So please invite friends and neighbors. And always feel free to reach out to Amanda or Laura anytime if you need pastoral care or support. Finally, thank you all for being here with us this morning. And I invite you now to join in our closing song for the month of May, Come and Go With Me, led by Mirka and Hunter Willis. And please sing along from home. <laughs>
Now I invite you, and now I invite you to join me in our closing words this month. Let us go out into the world with compassion, understanding, and commitment, crossing thresholds together. And now you can see on the screen a number of ways to connect in the coming week, and indeed in just a few minutes as well. So newcomers, you can see Monsieur Thomas's email to connect. And for the Q&A session, the link for the new Zoom room is in the chat. And I think we'll put it in the chat in a moment, but it's also on the screen. West members, we'll see you in a few minutes in the new Zoom room for the special membership meeting. And for those with young people uh, in your households or your lives, see classes for youth will begin at 11.30 this morning at the link on the screen. I wish everyone a great week and encourage you to switch over to the newcomers Q&A or to the West membership meeting that should be open and available to you now. Just keep that cosmic perspective, everyone, and imagine the land that we will go to together in the new normal in the days to come. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And Judy, I know, has asked about who the one of the singers was, and I don't know, so we'll have to check that and get that to you at some later time. Uh, Linda Hirshhorn. Thanks, Laura. That's one of the novelties of the technology. We can layer ourselves and sound like a whole group of singers. It's just one person. Whole different kind of connecting of dots. Thanks again to our musicians, and to Laura, to Sonia. Have a lovely week, everyone. Remember about six feet apart, but still connected. See, so there's still a number of folks connected, but people I think are moving over. So we encourage you to grab your cup of coffee, take a quick bio break if you need to, and join the West membership meeting where the newcomers Q&A. It's just another way to really be connected all together. And we'll see each other's faces there, hear each other's voices, the chance to be in community together, even from our social distances. everyone had enjoyed the beauty of yesterday's beautiful sunshine and hold that with you a little bit in the gray of today.
and look for the rainbow that's on our screen reminds us of the times to come as well. If you're a newcomer, I'm adding the, the into the chat, the newcomers link for the Q&A. I can correctly type it. I think that looks like it. Doing a little searching, please forgive the side of my head. <laughs> I think I got it, Karen. Mark, is that what you need? Oh, great. Thank you. I realized I had to get it off of another computer. Yeah, no, I think I got it. Cool. If you need the call in information, like the phone number, just let me know and I can pull that too. Hopefully, that works for Mark. We have any participants left? Just a few. Okay, Mark, I'm going to assume that you are good to go now, and we're going to have to close out this meeting so that we can get the other meeting started. Yep. All right. So thank you all for being here today. And hopefully yes, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks, Sonia. Thank you, Sonia. Bye, everybody. Thank you, Karen. Bye.